No, you do, I think you did it right. right? I, no, I turned it off. No, that's what I wanted. You okay, did it. You yeah. did it. You're good. I didn't reset it. I just turned okay, it off. Okay, so for for anyone listening, this would be part two, I suppose. So this could be years later because there might be like a nuclear war in between these two. Oh, yeah. That's the way things are going. So, I'm hoping I'm like pull a cockroach and I actually survive. Yeah, uh, I won't. I know myself too well. <laughs> I'm going to freeze up. I already told you about that. <laughs> so uh, the year is uh, 2077 now and you finally found a way to listen to part two. But the stock market, that's what I was talking about. It it fascinates me. So the the we've had this unprecedented bull run that where stocks have just been flying for like the last twenty years. Uh-huh. E- even with a two thousand eight dip, it's still just you know they're hauling ass. But people, but people don't understand that like we had such a, a crisis during COVID because companies had no money because they had been taking all of their money and buying back their stocks. It's called a, a, a stock buyback program. That sounds like it should be illegal to it me. It fucking should. And they sell it to you like it's this incredible thing. They're like, we're doing a buyback program, which means basically we're going to buy the stocks that you might currently have at a higher value. And that runs their stock price up, which causes this you know runaway inflated idea of what the business is even capable of. And then they can just dump all that shit later at the top of a market, which is where we are now. But... It, and then it, they make money off yeah, of that. Yeah, inf- of course. Yeah, it 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 suckers people in, but it inflates the stock market artificially. And then when COVID collapsed, they started printing money as uh, you know an issue dealing with all of this liquidity crisis. But people were like, "Well, don't worry, the stock market's hauling ass right now, not related to the money being printed because the Fed's not allowed to actually buy stocks. That's that's illegal." Yeah. But that they have circumventions around that. They buy what's called like angel bonds and junk bonds. It's like bad faith bonds. Things are worth nothing. And hmm. The Fed can buy that, but that kind of money can get directly sent through like uh, they're they're called dark pool, but it's basically off the book shit to where they're effectively buying the stock market back. So all this money we printed mm-hmm. that pumped the stock market up eventually finds its way into the pockets of very wealthy people all over again. I'm shocked. Yeah, and then we fought to get like a twelve hundred dollar check, and it was the same thing as pennies when you ask for a raise, where they're like, "I'm going to give you twelve hundred dollars, but the president's literally going to fucking die, so I hope you feel good about yourself." Oh, so I was like talking about this with one of my coworkers because we were talking about like taxes and all, all sorts of shit, and we were like, "I love that like people, the citizens of America, were like, hey, I got laid off because my company like you know is getting fucked over by COVID or whatever, or like I'm a restaurant worker and I straight up can't work right now because we got shut down, yeah. and the government's like." here's $1,200. Hopefully you can pay your rent for six months. And it's like, how far removed are some of these politicians <laughs> where like they think $1,200 is going to, like that is median rent for like a month They're 80. in like nice apartments. They're 80. Like, or not so nice apartments. Yeah. Pe- people forget that. 80 years old. Do you know what $1,200 looked like to somebody in their 30s in 1950? That's a fucking huge that, amount of money. Yeah, that was a lot of money. So to them, they're like, we just gave these ungrateful avocado toast millennial assholes $1,200 and they're broke again because they won't stop buying iPads. Yeah, and- well, I like love that whole thing where like my my parents do this shit to me where they're like, you make so much money now. Like you should buy a house. And oh, I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, just buy a house. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, luckily, like I've been very fortunate where I can live with them, and I have saved. I'm gonna be honest. That's not fortunate. People keep saying that, like, you know. Well, luckily, I have parents live with you. Shouldn't fucking have to. You well, have yeah, a career. Absolutely. You should be able to buy a house and two cars. There's dudes who did, who like roofed in the 50s, had three kids, a wife who stayed at home, and they had a house and three cars. And, and they and were vacations. living. Yeah, they were living a good life. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. Yeah. I. I Yes, it's unfortunate that, like, I had to do that. And, like, I've really not saved all that much money. Um, You can't. Yeah. And so, 
they're like, you should buy a house. And I'm like, that would blow all my entire savings. What happens if my air conditioner goes out? I don't have money to fix that. House poor. Yeah. yeah. You, can, you can you can do everything possible to get an inflated loan for a house and literally have no cash and just default later. Yeah. And they're like, well, when your dad graduated college and I wasn't working because we had you, he was making $29,000 and we bought a house mm. and we were able to upkeep that. And I was like, yeah, that's because that was feasible. They, people just do not get inflation. Yeah, I was like that. Like that, I was like, if I bought, because I looked into it. Don't get me wrong; I gave it the good old college try. We all looked, have. It's yeah, looked into buying a house, expensive. and I was like, if I did that, I would be, as you said, house poor. Like, mm-hmm. and I, so I have reverted back to looking at apartments, and all my coworkers are like, which is more expensive than a mortgage, but at least you're not committing to an asset. That, an asset that I might yeah. potentially not be able to pay for. Well, and all my coworkers are like making fun of me and poking fun at me because i refuse to pay over eleven hundred dollars even though like now i make yeah essentially like societally enough to get a more expensive apartment but i'm like why would i spend half of my income on my house especially when i have other bills on top of that and then that leaves me with chump change to actually enjoy life it's I mean, fuck yeah, dude. Fight the good fight. Don't pay that shitty rent. I fully agree. Uh, if I didn't have to, I wouldn't, obviously. But uh, what frustrates me is just the absolute disconnect between people who lived fairly well off of menial jobs and their the audacity of them to talk down to people who can't afford anything. And they're, like, they're, they're just like hard-pressed convinced that it comes down to poor money management on a generational level. Which, first off, that argument... Is bullshit. Yeah, it also like kind of incriminates you. You raised us, you, you told, idiot. Yeah, well, you how'd you us. how'd you fuck up so bad that literally an entire generation, generation. can't handle shit? Yeah, is like that's on so you. inept. Yeah, that's you. That the is generation you. that raised us. So, but I mean, the truth is, they just either it, it's either a blind refusal to admit there's a, a a really nasty problem financially in this country, or they just don't understand inflation. Well, and it's like also like, yes, inflation, price of things have gone up like housing, groceries, you know, and then like what I was talking about is like, you know, they didn't have, you know, in the 70s, 60s, 50s, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have streaming services they had to buy, you know, all of this shit that we have on top of it now. I I assure you that these are not our problems, though. When when rent has gone up almost like 10x. Oh, and, and then income has gone up like 2x. That's your problem. Oh, absolutely. And that was going to be my next point. Yeah. It's like wages. I mean, the minimum wage hasn't been changed in such a long time. And like so many jobs pay minimum wage. And they're like, yeah, you can survive off of this. When it's like minimum wage can barely even pay rent in most median cities. I think what frustrates me the most is that there are two types of people in this argument. Those who understand the problem and sympathize with it. And those who understand the problem and become a fucking barrier. Because there's oh, nobody yeah. who doesn't understand the problem. I've never... There, I You cannot convince me that there's somebody who doesn't get that there's a problem. But there's definitely a sort of person who doesn't give a fuck that there's a problem. No, and it's the people who are either benefiting from the system yeah. or aren't facing those problems head on. Yeah, it's simply a, please don't talk about things I'm not dealing with. It makes me unhappy. Oh, absolutely. And they're like, I don't personally experience this, so it's not as big of a problem as yeah. you're making it out to be. They're like, this is irrelevant to my issues. So. When, like, I can't remember what the exact statistic is, but, like, most Americans, like, don't even have an actual, like, solid savings account for, like, a cushion. It, the average American has $600 in savings, and that 
that's the average American. And also that's an oscillating number. It's $600 at your best, which oscillates down to zero, back up to six. You're between zero and six. And the average American is in like, uh, I think it was like $30,000 worth of debt just in general. Yeah. And that's like so scary because it's like what happens when you need to make it, like any sort like or yeah. you're like one medical like huge medical issue away from like you know absolute like we're walking right back into what we were talking about yeah. about being broke as a mental health issue and nobody wants to admit it oh a hundred percent there's you know how many suicides were the direct result of financial issues i i would so actually many. i bet that number is staggering it, I, it I, probably is i, I would be japan, very fascinated to see yeah in japan they have a pretty rough work culture and a lot of a lot of that stuff is built around financial scarcity and, and just, I mean, we're just a bunch of rats all trying to climb the same pole. But oh, yeah. if you don't get to the top of it, you, you got a rough go, you know, we're, we're all running from the big zero. Like even I am like, you know, you, you think about that where you're like, God, what having no money would be miserable. So it's like, if I can keep working and get further from the big zero, then I feel more comfortable. Then I'm more comfortable. Yeah. But that big zero is coming for everybody. Well, it's yeah. It's usually and, death. You but... know, there's that saying where it's like, we're all like a bad month or two away from homelessness mm -hmm. where you're like absolutely like out of options well i mean like i lost my house last year to that freeze mm -hmm. uh, my pipes burst made it completely unlivable uh and that that was a situation where even you know like i'm, I'm comfortable financially i make good money but even that i was like holy shit like how, i know this is happening across the board in this state right now yeah. tons of people getting kicked and i I hated it financially that I had to shell out that much money to replace everything, replace, you know, where we lived. And I know there are people who couldn't. Couldn't do that. And it, it would, it's just fucking heartbreaking. But then you bring that up to certain people and their really? first response is like, well, you know, you just got to work harder. Like you got to work harder. You got to get a better job. Fucking where? <laughs> like, well, and I love this whole like idea of like people from the older generations of like, just go to college, just take out student loans and go to college. And it's oh. like, I'm so anti-college. You don't like, don't even start. Like to me, college is one of the worst decisions you can make. Yeah, and well, I was like chatting with somebody about this, and they were we were talking about it, and we were like, one, the college degrees are not as useful as they used to be. No, most people have them now. Like we're a very educated generation. Like, but it's it's all about work experience and what you want to do. Like you, like I graduated college, and I like was not. It, the only thing that prepared me to be a social worker was my practicum that made me work in the field. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can sit here and listen to theory and like do d practice demonstrations and role playing all day, but it's completely different once you get out into the real world. I mean, there's a reason that in, in most uh, specialized businesses, you're going to trust the person with experience over the fresh kid with a master's degree. Absolutely. And... You know, and we were talking about how useless it is now to get a degree unless you want to go into like some sort of specialized degree, like thing where you, like, you want to be a lawyer. You mm -hmm. have to have that or like be a doctor. Yeah, there, like, there's obviously applications where it's definitely necessary. But I, I think because it's a for profit business, uh, schools don't want to admit how many useless degrees they've printed out. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's what we were saying is like. So many degrees also nowadays require, like, to get a job require you to go to grad school, which is even more debt. Yeah. Like, this um, person I was talking to has, like, a kinesiology degree. Kinesiology? And they were like, 
yeah, well, I got it. Like, I originally intended to go to grad school, but I'm just so burnt out from school. And, like, it's so expensive because grad school costs more money yeah. than undergrad. Like, tuition's literally higher. And she's like, I just... Kinesiology is like... What are you going to do with that? Yeah, to, to me, it's communications. There's, there's so many degrees where you're, like, you're interested in them as a hobby, so you study them, and then you realize, oh, shit, I just dumped a ton of money into something that was, like, mildly interesting. Yeah. I'm a big fan of trade schools. I don't want people to think I'm anti-education. I am, like, super in favor of trade schools. Well, and it's, like, much more practical in the real world. Like, we're going to need welders. We're going to need plumbers. We're going to need electricians. Those dudes are my best clients. They make more money than anyone. Like, I, I have I'm so- very sure that they make way more oh money. Oh, my God, than, yeah. Like, a lot of people. I have engineering students stuff. that come in here and, like, struggle. You know, they're, like, trying to get big work done. They're like, I'll see you in a year. And then I have plumbers who come in here and are like just book me for every saturday for like six months yeah and it's because they're fucking loaded yeah and it's like we have this huge stigma against like blue collar workers when they, they oh no hell no they're, they're we're always bank. gonna need those people we're always gonna need those people yeah and they they especially the ones who own their own businesses they make far more than the average person thinks they do oh 100 percent. yeah we have this huge stigma where we're like you need to have a white collar nine to five desk job yeah and those dudes are struggling to get salary and vacations but the plumber's like i'll just take may off just the whole fucking thing because they have a lot more control over it yeah yeah and they're also like dude you guys are gonna have toilets forever like i'm not i'm not going out of business yeah exactly yeah and and then you come across like something like the freeze where they were just oh my god bankrolling yeah we i heard that they were like so overwhelmed (laughs) they were so we had a guy working on the house um a plumber that we got out pretty quick because i responded as fast as i could because i knew this needed to be jumped on like my experience with standing water is it just fucks your shit up more absolutely so we we had a dude that was coming out and um he he was saying that they like neighbors were grabbing him on the way there and trying to offer him more money to work with them so it it really was tough to get anybody to actually finish up a job because they would just get paid more to go somewhere else right away. Oh, my gosh. I don't blame them. Oh, no. Like, if somebody walks in right now and offers me twice as much to finish their tattoo, you're fucked. Damn, Bambi's out of luck. Yeah, you're going to get into, like, a bidding war. <laughs> I'll be like, well, what do you have? I know you got that sweet raise you just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to uh, exploit me for more money, I see. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's tattooing, you know? You know, tattooing, actually, the most shady shit I ever saw was probably in this career. That there, does not surprise me. Yeah, there would be people who would like purpose, you know, and this, I'm not shouting on anyone in particular because most of the good shops I worked at, this never happened, but a couple passerby artists that didn't last long, they would drag tattoos out on purpose. I mean, just charge you hourly and sit on something that could have been done in three hours and purposefully stretch it to six or seven. Oh my gosh, yeah. that doesn't surprise me though. Just, people love to exploit other people because once again... That's what our society is like. Capitalism, baby. Healing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I lived in a college town for five years where like all the tattoo artists were like. That's, that's a great example of where yeah, that we're like, the most. Yeah. We're like, oh, we have all these college kids who like don't have a lot of experience getting tattooed, especially when you like, they're all freshly 18 mm-hmm. and they don't know any better because they've never been tattooed by anyone else and they can't, they're not going to go anywhere else because, hey, I live here. Yeah. They literally don't know they got ripped off. Yeah. I mean, like I look back at like all, most of my tattoos that I got done there I'm like, I got so overcharged. Like, the wrist tattoo that I have on this arm got charged 120 bucks for it, and it's tiny. Brutal, yeah. Yeah, it's tiny. And he was, like, also a dickhead about it, too. But, like, it wasn't until I got my thigh piece done, and I got it done there. It was this old school dude. He was, like, 50. 
and just like very chill about it. He didn't even charge me hourly for my piece. Yeah, flat rate's like an old approach to tattooing. Yeah, I told him what I wanted. He was like, all right, it's going to be 200 a session. I was like, I I literally had to ask him, are you sure? Yeah, that's cheap. Damn. He was like, I got other streams of income. I just really like tattooing. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I fuck with you. I've heard this before. (laughs) But what the downside of that was that he was very difficult to schedule with. It took me... Yeah, it's a hard year to get a hold of them. To ske- like finish my piece because He's he was like, nah. I mean, he was <laughs> he was a straight up dude, but like he would be like, oh, I'm busy doing this, like I have to cancel or like whatever. Like he would get stuck yeah. taking care of his other streams of income, and then I found that a lot of old school talented tattooers were also just they they were never they never had the like mentality built into them of building a long standing professional career. You know, it's like fucking I'm gonna do what yeah, I'm gonna do. It's a rock style or a rock star lifestyle. So those dudes would just be there for a week and be gone and nobody knew where the fuck they were. I've worked with them before and it's frustrating because they are talented and they do have clients that love them and they'll come in and be like, yo, we're so and so and I'm like, I don't fucking know. You just I, show I up for three know. days, yeah. He's been gone. That's just that's the way they are, man. They yeah. just move and with the well, wind. He was very similar to you where it was just him. Oh, he, doing yeah. his own private doing thing. Doing his own private thing, yeah. yeah. Which is honestly, I love a lot more than going to a shop now. Yeah, that but that's time. scary to think about being that flaky and this sort of because, like, in this situation, I need to stay right where I am, like pr- provide great service, do great work, and stay right here, or I risk disappearing because I don't have any form of advertising. Yeah, well, like a lot of people would be like, "Oh my god, I love your thigh piece. Where'd you get it done?" I would tell them, like, he called himself Locked and Loaded Tattoo. Brad. And yeah, he was, ah man, why didn't I ever get a tattoo nickname? He was so cool he was very chill and his wife would like pop in and out and she was also very cool and um i she like added me on snapchat like we were i was like borderline like you know acquaintances part of the family yeah well like i met their kids like on multiple occasions um and um he was just like very chill like very whatever about it but like he was such a pain in the ass to schedule with like i literally walked around with because it's a floral piece with two uh flowers like full color everything and then an outline of three other flowers and a a uncolored mandala for like eight months yeah because i couldn't schedule sometimes it'd be like that yeah i was like people are like i love your piece when are you gonna finish it i was like oh thanks i've had this for six months like this like who fucking knows it's like i've got my money already set aside for it i just he was so cheap yeah 200 a session is dirt cheap well, yeah, and they were three-hour sessions. Like he was, holy shit. Yeah, like I don't even so like, like seventy-five an hour. Yeah, and like I like does that even cover like what it keeps the cost? Put the lights on and like all of your equipment and like all of that shit. Like, um, I I want to say no because I'd be giving away the fact that we are like extremely uh profit heavy. But the truth is, yeah, I probably did cover all that. I mean, I would say of everything it cost me to tattoo. Five percent of my income covers all of this. Okay, like rent, all like literally everything. It's five well, percent. The rest of it, ninety-five percent. Well, no, I'm sorry. There's taxes involved, maybe. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's pretty profit heavy. Tattooing is like making pizza. It's dirt cheap, and you just you know you keep well, most of it. Well, so a lot of times when like people, so um, a lot of people that I that don't have tattoos, I was talking about they they go back to the oh my gosh it's so expensive because I was talking about how much it was probably going to cost to do my entire sleeve yeah a lot and they were like that's so expensive I was like you got to think about it where one there's a lot of effort put on 
your side of things and then on top of that yeah this 10 is, years of fucking other people up just to get to this level well, of skill that and like you're putting something on my body permanently yeah i am putting full trust in you to not fuck up my body and that's that's on you dude <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's like something i'm gonna look at especially because this is like such a visible place yeah. every day it's something people are going to comment on every day and that's i mean i'm 24 you know let's say i lived the average life expectancy of like what 75 like i, I, oh, I thought it was 42 well fuck okay i got wow, 20 I just, years to explain this yeah or is it 75 because that's a huge relief i've been making some plans <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i know it's like up there now though like with all the advances that we've made in medicine yeah it used to be 65 and i think it is 72 now yeah it's like something i think in your 70s now yeah. and so like i gotta live with this for like 50 years i was like i'm paying good money for that like could you imagine having a paint like paintings go for way more than that yeah shoes go for more than this yeah and i'm like this is something i'm living with for the rest of my life like i am going to because you get what you pay for yeah and i'm gonna pay to have somebody that i like really enjoy i i always love that argument because i have this uh because for for them it's sort of a an ego thing of like you know i'm better with my money than you but i i I like imagining them being like 85 and riddled with cancer laying on deathbed and people are like you know what, what, what were your accomplishments and they're like oh i have terrible tattoos but i still have two thousand extra dollars exactly. <laughs> like, you fucking did it dude exactly. just get the fucking tattoo nobody's ever stopped me and been like oh my god that two thousand dollars is so nice yeah like no it's the tattoo's way cooler the tattoo's way cooler yeah one of my uh obviously i would take this stance as a tattoo artist though well <laughs> and that's very my clear. thing is like i 100 i support like i don't want to get a tattoo whatever like this um i don't support it i think they should be rounded up and put in camps <laughs> well it, so i told you i went on a cruise and i got a lot of compliments on uh benji lascraw i told you i was gonna name right him. yeah um, what do you name oh i didn't even mention what i'm working on you for for the listeners this she's getting a, a fawn a, a female young deer underneath a red squirrel yes a red british squirrel yeah and so it was uh, two ladies that walked up to me and one i had already complimented on this really cool uh piece she had it started on her foot and it was flowers like different types of flowers like twisting up her uh calf Mm -hmm. and like shin and each flower was like the birth flower of her children or grandchildren oh yeah it was it was really cool and her friend looked at me and she goes you fucked up your body to you yes and that is i would fight over those words like ma'am i don't even know you yeah and she's like look at you you have such beautiful pale porcelain skin because like y'all i'm yeah i'm pale as fuck she is you do be pale (laughs) yeah and i was like well that makes a better canvas ma'am it does (laughs) i have like there's a weird fetish that happens where like when i see super pale like fair skin yeah i'm like i need to put something on that yeah, and I was like, well, it makes a really good canvas. Like, you know, it's like a blank sheet of paper. And she was like, well, you're, you're like... Blah, blah, blah. This, this lady is giving away a lot of unintentional old ideals that she might not want to admit to. Well, yeah, and that's my thing. It's like she was like pretty fairly old and she was like pretty wrinkly. Yeah. And I was like... She was like, you are perfect Aryan skin. Yeah, and like one of my coworkers was like, what's going to happen when you get old and you have your tattoos? I was like, 
Okay, we all get old and wrinkly. I'm going to be old and wrinkly with cool pictures on my arm. Yeah. Like. <laughs> First off, that argument of what happens when you get old is older than the oldest person you'd be referencing. Exactly. I've heard that shit a million times. Secondly, I love the ideal that like someone's looking at an 85-year-old woman and they're like, honestly, she'd be so fucking fine if it wasn't for those tattoos. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, Old people are ugly. I'm going to be yeah, old and no. ugly, but I'm going to have some sick-ass tattoos. Sick tattoos. And that's what I told them. I was like... We're all gonna get gross when yeah. we're old. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like, your your skin sags. Like, there's all sorts of like things about it. But like, at least I'm gonna have cool artwork that I love. Yeah. You know, like, whatever. And I get it. Like, some people are whatever scared. I the people are like, I'm scared of the commitment. I'm like, who's trying to be the hottest old person though? That blows my mind. That is the oldest argument, and it just. It's I not never, a beauty competition when you're aging. I like. really can't wrap my head around it. It indicates to me that the only thing stopping them from doing something they're interested in is that they don't want to be considered an ugly old person. Or like what people are going to think about them. Yeah. That, it's like, you should have dropped that by the time you're that age anyways. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, and it's like, have you ever seen a picture of an older person tattooed? Yeah, they're cool. They look badass. They look fucking cool. They look badass like if i'm given an option in a scenario where i have to go ask advice over something i'm going to that person because oh, i feel like they've lived a hundred percent yeah i just like when people are like oh like i don't understand all the tattoos i'm like okay with your dated ass opinion yeah it just what sucks is when you tell me that you're pretty much just telling me you're boring oh yeah a hundred percent that's my only takeaway people are like oh i don't get why you'd get tattooed i'm like i bet you don't get why people do a lot of exciting things yeah like you probably see skydivers and it just baffles you you're like oh my god yeah like well, they, they see like kama sutra books and they're like things other than missionary i don't get it i don't get it you're not fucking living bro well and when i tell people about what we're doing with this they're like oh how you're just like totally open to whatever the hell i'm doing yeah, whatever yeah, that and probably blows their fucking minds they're like what if you don't like it i was like when I mean I'm very open to anything, I am. As long as, like, I, I keep saying, as long as it's not, like, ass or pussy or titties on my arm, then, like, I yes. <laughs> my boss will fire me. <laughs> so, I have, a, I will say, I run into this situation a lot. Uh, not, I'm, this is a terrible segue, not, not, the, not the boob tattoo thing, but the uh, being open-minded to a tattoo. I run into this a lot, where somebody will hit me up and they'll be like, hey, dude, I just want to get your work. I don't care what you do. And it's a, fu- I think I told you this, it's a fucking lie. They're full of shit. I draw something out and they're immediately like, actually, I was thinking more of this. And then they show me 30 Pinterest tattoos and they already had a direction of mine. They just wasted yeah. my time. So when you asked me, I think I might have even told you. You explained it because I told you yeah. a couple of artists that already told me no. And th- that was why. they Because we hear it from people all the time. What it means is... I don't want to tell you my idea out of insecurity, so I'm going to just hope that I give you freedom and you draw my idea. That you read my mind. Yeah, and they don't realize all they've actually done is made a really complicated way for me to block them on Instagram. Well, and then, like, you waste your time drawing something up for them and then get excited about it because, like, y'all, that was, like, my whole, like, big thing. I'll cry in front of a client. I'm not above it. I'm not I'll above fucking it. Fucking cry. I'm gonna go like full blown, just start sobbing. Yeah, and well, and that like was snot a... on my shirt. You fucked up. You have to sit here and watch. I'll lock the door. You're gonna sit there. And <laughs> Gotta watch call it. MCOT. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that was like my whole like the, my two points were like I'm viewing it as like a piece of commissioned art, just like you would ask like an artist, like yeah. a painter, to do something. And then I was like, man, this is like one of the only art forms where y'all don't get a lot of like free like 100 really. percent free will to like do whatever the fuck you wanted even and even at this point in my career where i i do get to turn down most everything i still don't have 100 percent freedom there there's a collaborative effort no matter what you're doing absolutely and that's fine cool shit still comes from that but i definitely loved that you 
were 100% serious when you said, I yeah, don't well, give a I fuck. Think, I think you were like, well, you explained it. And I was like, well, okay. Well, I've like looked at tattoos. Like, you know, I, I went on Pinterest and I was like, sleeves. And <laughs> I like, I liked everything, you know? And so like, I could show you some reference pictures, but they're all going to be wildly different. None of, it, none of it's going to make sense. And like, I am a hundred percent open to just letting you do your thing because i did all my research on all my artists and i was made a very educated decision about like who i was giving this freedom to yeah and i was like no i really like your work whatever you come up with i'm sure i'm gonna like and then you're like hey what about a woodland theme and i was like fuck yeah i'm down i just like doing animals uh tattoos Tyler's like, just so you know, I have a bestiality kink. <laughs> it comes through in waves. I have Freudian slips. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I was telling my partner about it yesterday because, you know, I've been all excited for my appointment and nervous because <laughs> I was like, I'm such a bitch. My uh, elbow's going to hurt. Yeah, everyone's scared of the elbow, but it's... It's like, not it's, bad. With no, this do the numbing cream. Numb. You're fine. Yeah. That, like, you, you were saying earlier, people freak out about numbing cream like it's some rite of pa- passage, but... To, like suffer through your tattoo it, it would be one thing if tattooing didn't hurt and then we found a way to make it hurt then we could claim it was like a rite of passage but it just has to hurt it's a built-in feature it's shitty i think if we can learn to circumvent it we will we did oh. it like i was saying we did it with childbirth we could do it with tattoos it doesn't have to fucking hurt i'm sorry if you got your whole body done and it hurt and you felt like a warrior but you know well yeah you didn't have a choice yeah we were talking about that because one of my coworkers blasted and he's like was like shaming me about like using the numbing cream i was like dude i'm not gonna sit there for three hours in extreme pain especially because i have to go on a road trip after this i'm driving to austin i was like i'm not i'm not making myself suffer just in order to have some sort of game like would you can ignore that though because that mentality does not extend far for those people they're the ones that'll be like if you get a tattoo it's gotta hurt but if their wife leaves them you can't be like hey you don't get to drink you just got to feel that pain, dude. Like, yeah, you can't feel any sort of... You You yeah. have to bear through every single kind of pain. No, they will immediately self-medicate. Absolutely. The, I find most people that find them or profess themselves to be physically strong are quite... Uh, it's like a crutch for being, you know... A emotionally bit, a bit weak, mentally yeah. stunned. Yeah. Emotionally, they're easy well, okay. to wreck. I'm emotionally strong, but I physically, I am very weak. I was actually thinking about that today because we're doing renovations on our house. Mm-hmm. And I, my sister is the uh, manual labor child. She loves it. Me? She oh okay. I'm, yeah, I don't she's know why. like I've never heard those things together before <laughs> outside of like the industrial revolution. Yeah. She's the one who like volunteers herself to like help my dad with this stuff, and because she enjoys learning about like home renovation. I'm a huge fan of of manual projects. That's pretty much what I do at home too. Well, so I'm I get like, it. Fuck that. I if I'm breaking a sweat, I'm not doing it. Like Yeah, I get it. It's not for everybody. <laughs> I, I'm definitely um I think because of the nature of my very cush sit down all day job, I, I like a good physical project. Oh yeah, and that's understandable. Well and like my Yeah, you're thing... out there chasing crazies with a big net. <laughs> I've literally had to run before. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. At all that fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll get to that story. Um but I was thinking, like, also a big part of the reason why I don't like it is because I am the weakest family member by a long stretch. For real? Oh, yeah. You're tall. Like you, I'm tall. You come from, like, a family of Vikings? Yes. Oh. Like, my mom's literally, <laughs> literally German, and they're, like, pretty known for being pretty big. Yeah. And then my dad's also Slovak, which is Eastern Europe, for, yeah. like, most people who don't know. Like They know now. They know now. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows about Eastern Europe all of a sudden. We're but, learning. Like, yeah, we're all, like very built like yeah i'm 5'10 but i am so fucking weak like i had to like 
pick something up today and like bring it in for my dad and i was like i'm struggling with this and then he just picks it up and like flings it over and i'm like yeah see that's like, ex- i don't know how i became so weak when i was trying to say your last name or figure out how to say it 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 did lead me down a hole of like where does this name come from and that is 100 percent what i imagined out of your family oh yeah On very... the, i was like i know for sure this dad has got like bare paws for hands oh yeah he's massive he's yeah. like six two six three and it's like i don't even know how much he weighs he's big though he's a big dude yeah and uh that's on the nose yeah the, like my whole family is very full with the exclusion of me i look like i'm athletic yeah i was gonna say ask. you actually seem like you should be just as strong but i guess you're well, not using I, it huh i swam competitively for 10 years and i blew out my shoulders oh fuck that yeah that's I had, the worst injury yeah I i'd had, rather lose a knee oh yeah it sucks because like i like if i like have to raise my arms for a long period of time like a minute in i'm tired like, my go, body's tired do they go numb when you sleep and all that bullshit that you get from nah because it's my scapula luckily okay. oh. um oh that makes sense from swimming yeah yeah okay and um i had two surgeries on each one on each shoulder and didn't work and I just had to quit. And after that, like, I didn't get into, like, anything else because, like, swimming's a very unique sport. And that was what I loved. And, like, I felt like it got ripped away from me. And so I was like, fuck working out. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> I, you know, that's actually really common with uh, people that were heavy into sports in, in their youth. If, if it doesn't go exactly the way they wanted it to go and they get injured out or, like, or just age compete, out of competed the out, yeah, they tend to rebel against athleticism in general. Yeah. Well, and like the whole thing, it was like super structured too. Like I had a coach and like if I got tired, he'd be like, stop being a little bitch. Okay. Just kidding. Coach Apple isn't that mean, but like. <laughs> coach Apple? Coach Apple. My, Anybody? My wife. Where is this? My wife. Taylor knew, High School. Okay. My <laughs> wife knows this Coach Apple. Yeah. He, apparently he was quite the thing. Yeah. He is actually. So I only swam my freshman year before. I'm, I mean, my shoulders started. It was literally the day of the, our first meet of the season. And I was like, hey, coach, my shoulder's hurt. And he sent me to the trainer. And they didn't know what the fuck was wrong. And I did, like, for, like, almost, like, a little over a year, like, all sorts of tests, all sorts of doctors. Couldn't figure out what was wrong. Finally figured it out. Had surgery. Were, like, were they focusing on the, the joint and not the scapula? No, I told them it was the back. Okay. I told them. I was How, like. Yeah, what, is, what do you do to injure that? I mean, is it torn so or So I was, inflamed? like, technically, like, born with it. Um, oh. It's called scapulothoracic bursitis which scapulothoracic is just where it's yeah where that's it like is. the third jurassic park yeah it's yeah exactly it's that shit's I not have very dinosaurs good. living in my shoulder <laughs> um, but so you know when you like pop your knuckles and you hear that crack yeah that's your bursa sac popping my bursa sac bursa sac we all have sacs in our bodies yes and god knows i do <laughs> full of the sex i pop this the nature of this job is all my shit from the elbows down cracks and pops yeah so i'm just like bursa sac probably have bursitis and it, it does get bursitis. it becomes a problem it's a problem when you overuse that part of your body so okay. like if i had run track i would have never had this problem right um i i'm smart enough to know that i blame tattooing right away oh i mean i'm sure that because it's because it's those repetitive motions i yeah. mean i like rotated my shoulders so many times a day where over the course of 10 years where my shoulders were like my bursas actually like fuck this mess like we're already fucked up we're already like not doing well and like it just got worse over time so what does a bad bursa sack do does it inflame and become larger or does it just like pack it shit up and fuck off like what what is it it like so it squishes more when you um so you just sound like like a dog toy well yeah so if um you put your hand over one of my shoulder blades it doesn't matter which one 
and I do like a motion where I like put my arm up, you can feel like the. I'm familiar with this. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's literally like yeah. crunchy body. It's parts. in my wrist. Yeah, it's yeah. crunchy body body parts, and okay. uh, I think I have it in my ankles too. It's just not nearly as painful because I have crunchy ankles, as I call it. Um, yeah, crank crankles. Yeah, and we've all been there. It's also, I believe, from swimming, from kicking, but. Um, yeah, and so to fix it, they go into your shoulder and scoop out all the bursa sacs and just hope that um, they grow oh. back normally. Okay. Um, I like this. Not. I might continue ignoring my problem. Yeah, it, it's a terrible surgery. You can't use that body part for like four weeks because oh, shit. you don't have bursa sacs and the bursa sacs protect your bones from colliding. Oh, yeah okay so they're very necessary and like if they're not working great it kind of fucking sucks should i stop popping them oh popping them doesn't do anything okay cool for it yeah because that's the only way i can like get rid of stiffness like i lay in bed and just crack all my shit for like 20 minutes and then yeah no popping them doesn't do anything it's just that repetitive motion so like when my surgery didn't work i was like yeah dog this still hurts really bad he was like yeah you probably should just quit swimming <laughs> like that you call your doctor dog yeah. <laughs> i was like this ain't working out yeah You're like dog first off your surgery's whack yeah. my poor parents spent like so much money <laughs> trying to figure out what was wrong just for the only solution to not work to be your bursa sex yeah first off i would think your doctor made that shit up to get rid of me yeah he's like you just making shit up he'd, he'd be just, like you ever heard of bursa sex and you're like no and he's like good, good. so yours are fucked <laughs> yours are fucked dude <laughs> Now I, give me $10,000 to yeah. cut your child open. <laughs> That's not far from what the doctor did to my dad. I, I fucked my arm up. I, I did the, it's called bayonetting, but it's where you break the radius and ulna and then they like, they twist over each other. So I, yeah, I had to get a plate put in it, but the doctor was so cavalier. I was like, I think I was 11. I was not cool with his demeanor at all because he cruised in and he was like, so basically like idiocracy. He's like, your shit's fucked. And uh, he's like, we're definitely gonna have to shove some, some gear in there. I was like, what is gear? And he's like, I got to put like a plate in there. And I was like, oh, okay. When? He's like, like now. Like now. Yeah. Like, he was like, immediately. You, yeah. He goes, you can go home and pack some shit together. And because apparently I had broke That's it. quick. I broke it prior, two weeks prior. Okay. And it was not healing properly. He's like, so we're at like infection basis now. Oh, okay. I was like, That's really quick. Like I like had to wait like a yeah. month to get my surgery. No, they, they said it, put me in a cast. And I went home and I didn't take anything seriously. And I was messing around still skateboarding. Uh. And I... I fell skateboarding and I hit my elbow. I had a cast up to my shoulder. I hit my elbow and it felt wrong. Like it hurt. Yeah. Right where the injury was. And then I went to grab a doorknob with my bad hand because I was holding something with my other one. And when I pulled the door, I just felt my hand move an inch, but the door didn't move. Like I basically separated the bones again. Oh my God. It was all gushy. It was like. So I went back, got an x ray, and he was like, Yeah, you're. you're, He's like, He's like, I set you and you fucked it up. So way to go. But it was so cavalier. I was like, can, I was like, Dad, can we sue him for like talking to me like that? <laughs> <laughs> this has to be malpractice. Yeah, I was like, this isn't. He's like, he's the best doctor out here. I was like, I don't think so. I doubt it. I've seen House. You well, don't like, talk like that. Yeah, I've uh, actually toured my ACL too, and I went to a doctor, and he was like, did an MRI. He's like, nothing's wrong. And um, <laughs> the end. A year later, You're I not was hurting. Yeah, I was 15 at the time, and then when I turned 16, I got a job. I was on my feet for like eight hours a day and I was like, man, I know this doctor said nothing was wrong, but my knee hurts and it's been a really long time since I injured it. Yeah. So I went to another doctor, got another MRI and he was like, no dog, you have no dog. (laughs) These fucking doctors. (laughs) He's like, you have no ACL because normally when you tear your ACL, there's like two little parts of it. Yeah. He's like, you know how most ACLs are between zero and one in quantity? Yeah. You're at the zero. 
you're at zero. <laughs> he was like, you bl- you blew your ACL. You didn't tear it. You, yeah. you it literally exploded inside you your body. It, yeah. Well, I was in a motorcycle accident. Uh, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. So there's yeah. a like I've known a bunch of people who've laid down bikes and they have what's called a motorcycle limp, and it's where one hip just is forever screwed. But huh. you've you've seen it. They swing a leg out when they walk. Yeah. It's like a common injury with bikes. Huh. I don't drive bikes because of this. Yeah. I mean, I. So I was the passenger. My mom was riding. And Shout out to mom. Yeah. She, my parent, my mom and dad are pretty badass. We used to ride a lot. Now we don't anymore because my dad was in Could an accident. Could it be the ACL like, blowout maybe? Well, my dad, seven years before me and my mom's accident, my dad was in a very bad accident. Oh. And we kept riding. And then me and my mom got in an accident. And now my sister's the only one in the immediate family who hasn't had like a major oh. like motorcycle accident. She's got We're the like, final destination yeah. thing. <laughs> so. It's going to happen. She's going to stop riding to survive it and to get hit by a bike. That's what's going to happen. Well, her fiance used to... Uh, drive a crotch rocket when she first met him ah, it's a matter of time he's gonna have a midlife crisis he's gonna buy one and he's gonna strike her with it and then the whole the whole family's done the whole family's done for that's how it works my uh my dad's gotta break his arm now <laughs> the family injuries i i just realized i've had this show on the whole time i haven't even it, paid it i don't even know what it's about i don't oh, either but yeah right that's like some squid game <laughs> shit that's like, like they yeah. got like these eyeball masks it's uh i think it's about drugs hamilton's pharmacopoeia it is it's a dude who who uh pretends that he's a scientist and um takes drugs and acts like he's teaching you anything about it but he's just getting high on camera i love it's, that it's, for him. yeah it's a great show i genuinely this guy's um the bravest person on the planet he'll watch somebody take a drug in like a forest in bolivia and they'll have a terrible trip and then the people will be like do you want to try and he's like yeah fuck yeah Oh my, I don't understand people who are like that cavalier about drugs. Like I had some friends who uh, did DMT and had like full blown ego death. And I'm like, that uh-huh. sounds terrifying to me. Like I would never do that to myself. I did DMT. My wife babysat me and it was not the best experience. It was like, I, there's definitely a threshold you have to break through. Oh yeah. And I didn't. So I was like bouncing off the ceiling basically. Like you feel like you're supposed to go up through it. And I just had a panic attack at the top of the ceiling basically. Yeah. But I've had a uh, much better experience with microdosing mushrooms. It's more subtle. Oh, my gosh. I had a friend from undergrad who, like, him and his wife FaceTimed me, I don't know, a while back ago, just to catch up with me since I moved. And he was like, you need to try microdosing. It's pretty good. It, it's amazing. It cured my depression. I get drug I won't tested go that at work. far. Yeah, I get drug tested at work. Psilocybin, so like, the drug test for that? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that sucks. And so, it's, so psilocybin, LSE, it only shows up when you're, like, actually... Like the day you took it, yeah. But if you microdose, it's yeah, every you day. took it. It's, so, well, it's every four days. It, you have a, a tolerance build very quickly. So every okay. four days you take. It's a, it depends on the person's size, but it's usually like point oh two of a gram. Would okay, work. yeah, and see, I'm just not willing to risk the job that I love for. Or, like, I'm sorry, point two of a gram. I... No, fuck, it's not worth it. Okay, first off, there's people who are going to talk about microdosing like it's a life changing thing. Well, that's what he was like saying. Like, no, it's like life altering. I it, was like, I, is it really? It's life adjusting. Yeah. So I would say anytime I do it, I enter a headspace that's far more creative. Mm. And it does tend to minimize things that you find problematic. You don't quite process them the same. It is nice, but it's not a permanent thing. But what it allows you to do is recognize that that is a potential reality that if you work for it, it can it occur. can be possible. It can be yours. Okay. That's what meditation was for me. I, I'd have ego death and really heavy meditations. Uh, you know, I do like five hours at a time and just mm-hmm. really pushing yourself to a brink. And I finally had an ego death where um, I, I, I basically just existed, which was a beautiful, serene thing. But I had no real ability to like 
referentiate myself. I had no, like, I didn't know what the hell I was. And the only way I knew that I wasn't anything was when I was coming out of the meditation. It was like I was coming through a tunnel and having to grab labels as I went and stick them back on myself. That's really dope. Yeah, like father, son, things like that. I'm like sticking them back as I go. But the thing is, every label that I realized uh, fit me came with misery. Mm. And there's no misery in that ego death state at all the, yeah the ego is miserable when you come back and it, and you realize your id realizes oh shit i was just dead but like you the observer the soul whatever it might be is totally cool with having no identity yeah it was yeah. great so um i would I, i've had more success with those but with in that ego death state i took it more as like an opportunity for me to recognize that that's somewhere you can be at some point you're not need to work yeah that. you're not supposed to sit there forever in the drug or the meditation it's it's more of like a an advertisement for like hey if if this interests you it is a reality that's possible huh i like that outlook a lot better yeah well, i think terrence mckenna said it's every drug is is a a message and when you get it hang up the phone you know don't don't keep getting high yeah like get get the point and move on exactly so yeah people who who do the whole microdosing will change your life forever you got to do it thing like it's cool do try it if you want, but definitely don't oversell it because you're gonna be disappointed if it, you know, if it doesn't work, doesn't interest yeah. you at all. It's set, you know, like if your setting is good, then your mind space will get the point of it all. But you, you got to move on. Absolutely. So your phone or mine? Uh, not mine. Oh, I think that's my iPad. Uh, let's take a break for a minute. Okay. You gotta do the check thing again. Check, check, check. Yeah. <laughs> we should just do like an abrupt buy. Just, just no cat no close up good no close like a crashing computer <laughs> i'm done good boy i never like so likely before um this episode i i had like recorded a beginning intro thing but i mm-hmm. can't decide so now i'm just like recording skits and shit like an snl show that i'll probably do before every episode i love that but now i have half a mind to do fake commercials in the middle of it well it's like the uh what what is it called like the cold opens on like the sitcom shows exactly like has nothing to do with the actual show but it's just like it's just a comedic relief it's it's really just a place for me to like uh, enforce my madness upon people there's nothing you can do you're gonna listen to it you're gonna listen to it (laughs) hello listeners it is me cashmere prominent czechoslovakian and western I won't lie, it has been a rough year for Kashmir. First I hear President Biden say he always listened to Intel, so I buy Intel, it go down, I lose half my money. Then I listen to ex-President Trump say his people need stay on target. I buy Target, it go down, I lose half my money. Kashmir say, fuck this, I invest in commodities. So I go down to Yashimesh, I say give me all your oil. He give me six jugs of canola, I'm very excited. I take it home, my wife find and used to cook, I lose half my money. But then I meet number one tattoo artist super genius Tyler Turnbull, and he let me invest in his podcast sessions. Now Kashmir have all his money and his hair. This is big day for Czechoslovakia and number one American podcast sessions. So please, take Kashmir's advice and listen to the show. Enjoy. Yeah, so now I'm probably going to advertise some uh, bullshit mental health uh, medicine or something halfway through this with really nasty side effects. (laughs) may experience yeah. even worse psychosis just death just, just pure death <laughs> just may die there's may a 70 percent chance that you're gonna die but like no there's also a 30 percent chance that it'll fix everything that you'll smile <laughs> that's the sad part about the trade-off on those medicines is it's basically that oh absolutely it's like pretty good chance that you'll uh, experience joy even bigger chance you might kill yourself exactly <laughs> it's fucking horrible yeah and it's like a gamble it's a total gamble it, i mean that's being alive 
Yeah, that's very true. I just always think about that where I'm like, well, you know what? We're all going to kick it someday. So like, yeah, I'm gambling every day. It's fine. Oh, 100%. There's like, like nothing's guaranteed, you know, so you might as well enjoy everything, you know, in the moment. Like, yeah, that's easy to say. And then like I get in traffic and then you're like, fuck, <laughs> I'll throw all this. that shit out the window. Well, I, I don't know what I got, like maybe 20 minutes left on this design. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this so that I can focus on tightening up little details on this thing. Okay. Because there's always, there's a moment, I, there's like a final run through where, where I have to check focus. everything. Yeah, yeah. I need to be present. Okay. So um, we'll say, so we'll say goodbye to everybody. All right. This has been Bobby Yanoviak. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Nailing that shit. All right. Well, and I'm Tyler Turnbull. Thank you for listening and uh, tune in next week when it's just me talking to myself Ooh. Now, you know what i'm gonna do next week actually uh-uh. uh i think i'm gonna have my kids tattoo me <gasps> that's gonna be so much fun yeah and interview them that's gonna be a lot of people fun. are either gonna love it or hate it, <laughs> hate it. they're gonna be like nah, this no no not for me dude yeah uh i'm gonna enjoy it though because they're gonna put the world's shittiest tattoos on me oh i love the like the artists like having their kids tattoo them because it's oh, yeah. like such a little sweet memento that you get to keep forever so yeah i i had one client that i was telling that to and he had his like older mom here i think she was like 60 and she was like that's child abuse and, and i was like <laughs> I was like, uh, children love to draw. Why not? I was like, let me show you some videos. If you didn't know what child abuse was, <laughs> I'm going to blow your mind. Yeah, you're going to really get your eyes open. Here, <laughs> this is going to be a bad day for you. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the furthest thing from it. I'm involving them in my career. But that might be what I do next week. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I know they want to do it, but I just I don't know if subjecting people to a conversation between children and an adult is even entertaining in the slightest. Record it. See what happens. Fuck. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I bought the equipment. I'm going to do it. All right, well, we'll say bye, everybody. All right, signing off. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.